$20 million worth of food had been donated, but also $177 million of health impact on the nation from that fresh food. This one, our budget was $660,000. So $660 in and about $197 million impact coming out. That's an ROI I don't think any other nonprofit can come close to. That's Gary Oppenheimer with AmbleHarvest.org talking with us this week on the short show of Food Warriors. Welcome to another episode. Today we're with Gary Oppenheimer of AmpleHarvest.org, an organization that helps 42 million home and community gardeners help end food waste and hunger by educating them and enabling them to donate their excess garden produce to a nearby food pantry. Today they're connected to over 8,000 food pantries across America. AmpleHarvest.org was founded in 2009, so really one of the earliest food waste recovery efforts that got underway, and also one of the early pioneers of using technology as an intermediate that would connect people who had a surplus of food to those who needed food. The organization was launched after three volunteers assembled the website, and the total time from inspiration to national rollout was seven weeks. So if you want to hear the details about how that all played out, you want to listen to the long episode, make sure you check that out. Right now, we're just going to give you a taste, a little sample of how this all started. And it began with a garden that was just producing too much food. Imagine that. I was growing an abundance of food in my own garden. And there was a point at which my wife said, stop bringing this in the house. We have no room for any more of this. Since I wasn't working in an office or anything like that, I didn't want it to go to waste. So I contacted a woman who ran a battered woman's shelter in my own town and said, can your shelter use this? And she said, absolutely. So I took a bag or two to the shelter. A woman answers the door, gratefully accepts it. And as I'm walking, this is by the way, uh, 1997, I believe. As I walk away, she says, thank you. Now we can have some fresh food. The following year, summer of summer of 97, I go back to the same place. Same woman answers the door, literally the same comment. You know, thank you. Now we can have some fresh food. Both times I walked away thinking this is odd, like they only get canned food. Around that time, the folks who were running the community garden in West Milford, New Jersey, had asked me to take over the community garden as director. But I said, okay, fine. So I went in and I had this meeting at the barn at the garden. This was in the autumn before I was going to start taking over the community garden. I just met with the people to speak to them, to learn about it. And there's one woman who's a school teacher in my town had made a comment to me that she was upset that as the growing season went on, food was being left to rot in the garden. People were getting bored, going, getting overwhelmed, going on vacation. And that really bothered her. Responded with, if we're going to have an ample harvest, the least we could do is get it to people who really need it. To my recollection, I have never before spoken or read the word ample harvest. I have no idea where that came from. People loved the idea. We set about to set up a mechanism for redistributing the excess food in the garden to the food pantries in my town. But when I went on to Google to find him, Google said the nearest food pantry to me was in Morristown, New Jersey, 25 miles away. And something started brewing in my mind. And I realized that if I, one of the really early geeks in the internet world, was having difficulty online finding a food pantry, maybe other people are having that problem too. So this is fast forwarded now to uh, March of the following year. As I woke up one morning with this idea that it shouldn't be this difficult to find a food pantry. 
So I sat down at my computer, and I like to think in PowerPoint. Some people like to scratch paper. I will write stuff in PowerPoint, so develop an outline on there. In a four-hour session on PowerPoint, I went from an idea to essentially designing what is today ampleharvest.org. It all came together in one four-hour setting. And what it was that Gary had managed to do in those four hours of inspired madness was to identify two pain points that nobody as of yet had been able to alleviate. What I had tapped into on the gardener's side was the deep-seated frustration they had had, myself included, with being able to, with seeing their own food wasted. Uh, they put all this love and, and effort into growing food and when there was too much, they didn't want it to go to waste, and they couldn't preserve it, and they couldn't share it with friends, it had to go to waste. They didn't like that. They wanted something better for the food. I also tapped into a food system that thought it couldn't take fresh food. And that's because the architecture of the American food bank system, as good as it is from keeping people from getting hungry, uh, doesn't handle fresh food very well. Food takes too long to travel in the system. And I had, in a sense, Uberized that whole process. What I'd come to realize is that I had unleashed the passion of the gardeners and the food itself and rejiggered the architecture of the American Food Bank safety net so that food could travel literally minutes and maybe a few miles and to, from the gardener's uh, backyard to a hungry family's table. That is the heart of ampleharvest.org. My job was to distribute information to people who, who needed it, valued it, and wanted it, and not to be an annoyance. And you are introducing a level of savviness to the equation that doesn't necessitate things like refrigeration and storage. From the pantry's perspective, it's great because they are often saying they don't have refrigeration and, and, and they don't have extra storage. As a matter of fact, when we go to food pantries and tell them to, they really should sign up, we tell them four things. It's free. You don't need refrigeration, you don't need storage, and it's free. We tell them the free part twice because the money challenges for the food pantries and soup kitchens in your community are so so severe that we want to make sure they fully understand this is not costing them a dime at all. Now, what you aren't doing is facilitating a connection between those who give and those who receive. And you don't want any overlap even between the pickup and the drop-off, Correct. Yes, you're talking about something that in the industrial world is called just-in-time inventory. This is the most efficient way of doing things. Bring stuff in just in time when you need it. If a food pantry is giving food away, distributing food on one day a week, maybe Sundays, if I was a gardener and I showed up on Monday with the food, my food now has to sit someplace for a week until the next distribution time. So now either the pantry needs storage and a refrigeration, and meanwhile my food's getting old. If it's greens with a short shelf life, it's getting wilty. The idea of giving the food pantry the opportunity to tell the gardener a day of the week and a time of the day to come tells the gardener ideally when they should harvest the food. So if the food pantry's giving out food Sunday from noon to three, they can tell the gardeners, please come Sunday nine to noon. Now the gardener now knows they should harvest the food Sunday morning, Saturday night. They take the food in. It's laid out on a table. And a few hours later, hungry families are coming to pick up the food and it's going home with them. They're actually getting food fresher than you and I could buy at a supermarket. There's also that level of sensitivity that you have for the two parties that give the food and the parties that receive the food never coming into contact with one another. 
Can you talk about why that is so important? This is an ethical component. By you showing up in the morning with your food and leaving it, and by them coming in the afternoon and getting the food, but you two not knowing who each other are, the anonymity, I think, is an important thing to prevent them from feeling humiliated. And it actually, interestingly enough, also provides additional legal protection. Under federal law, if I, uh, this was the Emerson Food Safety Act President Clinton signed in 95. If I give food to a nonprofit, a food pantry, it's a good Samaritan law, I'm protected and I can't be, there's no liability unless there's gross negligence. But if I give food not to a nonprofit, but to an, somebody else, maybe an individual, if they get a bellyache, they can sue me. So if I knew my neighbor was hungry and I gave my neighbor that food, in theory, my neighbor could sue me. But if it goes to the food pantry first, I can't get sued. Now, this is not to tell people don't share food with your friends. I know I want to suggest that. But there are a growing number of food sharing programs out there where, you know, leave food on a street corner for someone else to pick up. I'm, I'm against that idea on a whole host of reasons, one of which is there's no indemnification for the donor or the food. So you want to keep a mechanism in place that protects both the gardener from being sued and protects the model from ultimately falling apart because of fear. You have identified a group of people who's not only amenable to donating their excess food, but they have a whole lot of it. And let me give you a number, by the way, because we just completed a two-year study uh, with 2,500 gardeners. And uh, the bottom line numbers is that the gardeners in America, I'm not talking about farmers, now, I'm talking about backyard and community gardeners, grow enough excess food every year to feed 28 million Americans. That's more than 11 billion pounds with a B of excess food. The data, by the way, also says that half of those gardeners would actually deliberately grow more once they know they can donate the food. So ampleharvest.org has the potential to unleash a staggeringly huge amount of food to families that have least access to it. You have some earlier data from 2012 that's pretty exciting to share as far as aggregating not only the financial impact in terms of the value of the food donated, but also the health impact that that food has made on the public health front. The efficacy of the program is, is huge. An economist from Cisco Systems analyzed our 2012 data and in a report concluded that when that, that year, we were still young, $20 million worth of food had been donated, but also $177 million of health impact on the nation from that fresh food. This one, our budget was $660,000. So $660 in and about $197 million impact coming out. That's an ROI I don't think any other nonprofit can come close to. So you'll be happy to hear that over the years, Gary has continued to connect dots and curate relationships with the goal of reducing food waste and in so doing, addressing the problems of hunger and food security in areas where it had not been thought about before. For all the meetings and all the conferences and all the events I've been to, the one group of people that I wasn't seeing there was the faith community. There was government, nonprofits, foundations, but nobody from the faith. And 70% of food pantries are in a house of worship. I reached out to a partner organization called Green Faith, somebody we've worked with for a long time. It's an interfaith organization. They deal in environmental things, and they love the idea. And we had put together this program, Food Waste Weekend. The idea was that we would create a non-sectarian sermon. Green Faith and their faith teams translated it, if you will, into Jewish, Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Buddhist, and Unitarian. The same sermon 
rewritten from the Torah's perspective, the Quran's perspective, the New Testament's perspective, and going on. We're basically, the, the idea behind Food Waste Weekend is the clergy are the ones who sign up. We give them all the tools they need to learn about food waste, to bring them up to whatever their comfort level is in terms of awareness of the amount of food lost to waste in America. Food Waste Weekend launched in 2016 and has since become an annual event that takes place every September. So over the years of doing Ample Harvest, Gary has formed many relationships, and all of these relationships and experiences have led to some really important observations that he's made about donating food in general. Yeah, there's an interesting thing in charity. People think that if when there's a food drive, if they have this visceral reaction, if here's a can of uh, peas I bought in the store, I put it in the, in the food drive, tonight I could see the family eating the can of peas and I feel good, and in all reality, you've done good. The problem is that you paid retail in the supermarket for that can of peas. Even if you took it out of your kitchen cabinet, you eventually you originally bought it for retail. Had you instead given the food drive the dollar that you've spent on the can of peas, food pantry rather could have actually purchased 10 times the amount of food. Food pantries are able to buy food at a 90% discount. So if you give a can of peas you're doing good. If you give the dollar instead of the can of bees, you're doing 10 times as much good. The most efficient way, if you choose to give store-bought food to a food drive, the most efficient thing you can do is write a check or give dollar bills. Don't give the food from your cabinet or from the store. Give the money that you want to give instead. So there you have it. That's one way that you can 10x your charity efforts this holiday season. So Food Warriors, thank you so much for listening to our short show today. I hope you've enjoyed learning about ampleharvest.org, an organization that does sound simple in concept, and in many ways it really is, and that is a key reason why it works so well. Yet this simple program has a difficult time raising the money to pay for its staff and technology. This is the very stuff that makes it work so well because it is so innovative. It's not a feeding program, yet it helps end hunger. And it's not a gardening program, yet it helps gardeners who grow too much food. Because it's an entirely new way of ending hunger and helping the environment, it has a very difficult time raising the money so it can do its work. This is where you can help. Check out www.ampleharvest.org and check out their monthly donation plans. They've worked out a whole range from $10 all the way up to $500. So for example, 10 bucks a month helps more gardeners donate food. $500 works on a community level. There's even a way to sponsor a food pantry listing in your community with a gift of $100. Whatever you can do, this charity deserves your help because they're focused on fixing a leak in our food supply. Many leaks, in fact. And the more holes that we can help them plug, the healthier our communities and ultimately our country is going to be. So, hey, guys, thanks so much for listening. Thank you for considering giving to this simple and very elegant little program called AmpleHarvest.org. If you like what you heard, be sure to check out the full version of the show. I'm Jamie Rothbard, the foodie alchemist, and I like to say that food is the force that unites our bodies, our people, and our planet. Till next time. <laughs>